0: We've been on a great journey as a church going through the book of Galatians. How many of you have been enjoying the last five weeks as we've been diving in uh, to the simple gospel, Uh, been taking a journey reading through the book of Galatians every single week? And how many of you, God's been speaking to you something maybe in your personal devotions as you're studying in this subject? Give me a wave. Um, It's it's been an awesome time, and so today we're closing out that series. We're going to be looking at Galatians chapter six. Galatians chapter six. But as we get ready to dive into Galatians six, I think it's time uh, a little confession time for us as church. Um, We're going to confess our faults to one another so we can all get healed. Is that no? Uh, How many of you have ever fallen prey to the social pressure? Of eating healthy. <laughs> you guys are like, this is a trick question. Uh, I'm all about eating healthy, but um, I'll share before we, we dive in. Yesterday, I got the chance to be with my nieces and nephew and Eugene, and uh, so my they're all excited for baby Wesley to be born. And uh, so my four-year-old nephew, Jack, he, he has a really serious conversation with me yesterday. He's like, Natalie? Uh, yes, Jack. Um, Is Wesley getting really big? I'm like, yes, Wesley's getting really big. Good, because you're getting really fat. <laughs> it's like, nobody's getting you a present for your birthday. <laughs> He's really concerned, like we gotta make sure that that's just the baby getting big, not just getting <laughs> fat. But uh, <laughs> I love him, uh, out of the mouth of babes, you know? Uh, you're, you know? What I mean by have you fallen prey to the social pressure of eating healthy? You know, you're with your friends and we all have that healthy friend. You guys know the friend. The friend who pretends they actually like seaweed. Like, I'm not talking about, I'll, t- I'll eat seaweed all day long if it's wrapped around sushi. Throw some sashimi on top of there. Come on, that's good. But you, who actually is like, this is so satisfying, this piece of seaweed, lightly salted, pink Himalayan salt at that, you know, and actually enjoys it. Like, that person shows up to your party with, they bring one thing of seaweed, you're like, you're uninvited. <laughs> Try again, you know? Um, that friend, and you know what I mean? What I, what I mean is that friend, they're around and you suddenly feel the necessity to tell them everything you've ever purchased that had the word organic on it. You don't even know how it was organic or why. And it was cheap. For some reason, it was on clearance. That's the only reason you bought it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The, 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 pressure is, the struggle is real. You know, the friend that they're with you at in and out And so they order protein-style burger, and you're like, you got it wrapped in lettuce and not a bun? But then you catch them because they got a protein-style double-double, and in the next breath, they order and a milkshake. And you're like, no way. If you're going to get the milkshake, add the buns. Double up the buns, in fact, you know? Come on, are you guys with me this morning? You know, the friend that orders the organic beef burger with fake American cheese, there's something wrong with that. Maybe you've never experienced um, the temptation when you're with a healthy friend, you know, because we all know when you're with that healthy friend, You're acting like you're eating healthy, but when you get in your car five minutes later, you are oinking down on Doritos and ordering your, like, Frappuccino. Come on. (laughs) You're like, organic. What? Give me the... I'm just just kidding. It's because I'm pregnant. No. (laughs) You know, Paul, you're like, what does this have to do with anything? Well, we look at the book of Galatians. Paul actually comes in and, and and he kind of begins to hit this idea of uh, social hypocrisy and peer pressure and the temptation to morph uh, your belief in, in, in the gospel and, and morph your faith based on the group of people you're with. And he begins to kind of reveal this this really disturbing thing that there were people coming in, the Judaizers, and they were trying to pervert and twist what the gospel really was and what it really meant. And Paul, right from the beginning of Galatians, he begins to come and, 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 and hit against this idea that they are, the gospel could be anything other than the, what it really was, which was that we are saved by grace through faith in Christ alone and it wasn't gonna happen by adding your own uh, your own things and doing all these extracurricular added things people are coming to try to twist and he begins to address no we can't pervert the gospel we can't morph the gospel we got to get back to the essence and the simplicity and the beauty of what the gospel really is and not change based on the crowd we're with or the pressure that comes upon us, right? So Galatians 6, it's so good. There's so much good content in this chapter and I wish we could dive into all of it, but for the sake of time, we're going to really land on Galatians six eleven through 18. But if we're driving past the beginning of Galatians 6, uh, verses 1 through 3 are great. As followers of Christ, where Paul really begins to charge us to bear the burdens of one another, to help fellow struggling believers, and and and, and help them get out of temptation and out of snares. And so, I encourage you read verses one through three and apply that in your life. And then we go to verses four through five, uh, four through ten, and Paul begins to talk about be careful of your own conduct and how we're living, and recognizing that what we so we're going to reap and take care of the people in the household of faith. And then we come to verse 11 and this is Paul's final kind of charge in his letter to the to the Galatian church, the people of Galatia. And Paul writes in Galatians 6:11, he says, "Notice what large letters I use as I write these closing words in my own handwriting." We're like, "And Paul had preschool down. Notice what large block letters, come on. Do we get no, why is Paul, So here's what's interesting. Paul now, he, we come into Galatians six, verse 11, and we see this shift, Paul says, listen, look, I want you to look at what large letters I'm writing. And there's a couple reasons here. One, at this time, there were people that were sending out uh, forged false letters from the apostle Paul. They were saying it was him, but it wasn't him. And he's, he's drawing attention and saying, listen guys, this is actually me. Look at my handwriting. Look at, this is, this is, this is the real Paul, the real OG, right? Original gangster. It's for the young people, wake them up. And, and so Paul, he's noting a couple things. He's writing, he's saying, listen, this is really me. But second, he's also at this time, many of Paul's letters, he would have been uh, orally giving to somebody and they would be writing them down. And at this point, there seems to be if Paul hadn't physically written this whole letter, at this moment, he's saying, what I'm about to say to you is so important. Notice I am now the one writing it out. It's of great importance and urgency. I imagine it's like when your mom's talking through your dad on the phone to you and she doesn't think he's doing the greatest job telling you what she's saying. She's like, give me the phone, I'm gonna tell him. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like, I gotta tell you it's not important. Yeah. This is Paul, he's grabbing the phone, he's taking the pen, he took over the Snapchat, he's got the text message. This is Paul saying, listen up church, what I'm about to say really matters. And so I think for us, we need to notice that what he's about to say really matters to us as followers of Christ. Amen? So he writes these words, so look, look at how, this is me writing, and he says, those, verse 12, who are trying to force you to be circumcised want to look good to others. They don't want to be persecuted for teaching that the cross of Christ alone can save. And even those who advocate circumcision don't keep the whole law themselves. They only want to be circumcised so they can boast about it and claim you as their disciples. As for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And because of that cross, my interest in this world has been crucified, and the world's interest in me has also died. It doesn't matter whether we've been circumcised or not. What counts is whether we have been transformed into a new creation. Thank you, Jesus, right? May God's peace and mercy be upon all who live by this principle. They are the new people of God. From now on, Don't let anyone trouble me with these things, for I bear on my body the scars that show I belong to Jesus. Dear brothers and sisters, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. We're going to pray and jump in. God, we thank you for your word. And God, we pay attention this morning. We thank you for the beautiful gospel. May we truly identify with you, Jesus. May we truly rely on your incredible grace and the transforming life and power that you have given us through the cross and resurrection. God, speak to us this morning. We need you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. The first thought this morning is that we need to run from it's complicated. We need to run from it's complicated and avoid the snare of people pleasing Avoid the snare of people pleasing. Can I just tell you, if you're in a relationship and 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 the the other significant other comes to you and you say, Hey, where we at? And they say it's complicated, run. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, where are we at? Well, it's complicated. And Paul comes in, in this moment, and he begins to hit in verse 12 and 13. He begins to show me, saying, listen, these people that are trying to pull you away from the, the cross and pull you away from the reality of what Jesus did and change and twist and pervert the gospel, these people, they, they don't want you to, it says uh, in verse thir- verse 12, they don't want to be persecuted for teaching that the cross of Christ alone can save. And Paul comes in he says, listen, these people, they, they, they're just, they they don't want you to, to actually take a stand and actually, they they, they want you to just please people and rather than pleasing God. Are you guys with me? And I was thinking this morning about a couple, or I think some thoughts this morning It's one, we have to be aware of being fair-weather followers of Christ. Well, I'm all in for you, Jesus, as long as the crowd I'm with, it pleases them. But this crowd doesn't want to be persecuted for the sake of the gospel and the cross. So I'm going to morph to what their beliefs are and what they kind of say. And and it's kind of socially acceptable to not stand for anything. So I'm going to be passive. And I think sometimes we can be people that we, as long as the sun's shining and everything's going our way, we're all in for Christ. But if it's not, and, and when hard times come, we're not going to stand for God. And Paul's saying, watch out for these people. Watch out. They're trying to twist the truth. And they want you to, they, they want you to, 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 to just try to earn your own salvation and look good to the crowds. And he's saying, avoid that. You know what I think for us? Maybe we're not facing physical persecution for our faith, but we face the same temptation as, as, as the church at this time to try to fit in with the crowd instead of to truly identify with what the cross means. Are you guys with me? You okay? I don't know if you remember as a kid, the flower test. He loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. He loves me not. Some of us in our relationship with God, we're like, I'm all in for you. I'm not all in for you. I love you maybe not today, God. Paul says, no, run from it's complicated run. It doesn't have to be that complicated. Identify with Christ. We're all in. It is the cross, the true gospel, that Jesus alone can save us. It's not all the things we can do for him. We couldn't earn our way to God, and we're not going to somehow keep our relationship with God by earning it. He said, run from trying to have any other thing than the true, beautiful gospel of Jesus Christ. And here's the reality, and we see this all throughout the book, book of Galatians is that Paul hits this this terrible thing that we all struggle with called the fear of man and people pleasing. And the reality is this, is that if we live to please man and we live by the fear of man, it will always lead to disobedience to God. Will always lead, right? And Paul's saying, come out, don't live for the opinions of the world and those who twist the gospel, live for what truly matters, what God says and thinks. Amen. And second, Paul says in verse 14 As for me, as for me, Paul, may I never boast about anything except the cross and of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, my interest in this world has been crucified. And the world's interest in me has also died. Paul comes right out here, and he makes no, there's no questioning it, he makes a declaration, I'm with him. I'm with Jesus. And I think this morning God would call us to make a declaration. Who, who are you with? Who are you marked by? Who are you defined by? I'm with Jesus. You see, when you're in love, when, when, when you care deeply about somebody, there is no question, are you with them or not? You don't have to squint like, I th- uh, yeah, I think they might like each other. Come on, when Riley got down on one knee and he popped open that bling. I'm like, yes sir, put it on quick. And when he proposed to me and I said, yes, there was no like, maybe we shouldn't tell anybody, you know what I mean? Like maybe we should just like keep it on the DL for like a few months and like, you know what I'm I'm like, hello. You know what I'm saying? You're like, people are like, why are you raising your hand? Like, I just, this is the best message I've ever heard. Mm, 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 mm. You know what I mean? Like, just stretching in the grocery store. You know, I'm like, you know, uh, my fiance. What? Come on, there was no question. Who are you with? I'm with him. And when I walked down that aisle and I said my, my I do's and my vows, and, and they introduced Mr. and Mrs., a, Riley Amen. I wasn't like, can we negotiate on the last name? Can we rethink? They was like, no, I, I fully identify with, I am an Amen. He, I'm with him. Whom you with? Him. Are you with me? And Paul comes right out and he's saying, hey, you know, we got to avoid being people pleasers and they're trying to keep you from truly identifying with the cross and what it means and the true gospel. And I'm just going to tell you right now, people, there's nothing in this world that I can boast about except the cross. I'm with Jesus. You want to know who I'm with? I'm with Jesus. Some of us, it's time to make it Facebook official. It's time to make it known to the world around you. Who is the Lord of your life? I'm with him, with Jesus. Who is the one, come on, who saved you, redeemed you, set you free, and set you on a solid rock? Jesus. Are right, you guys, this is Sunday school. I'm giving you the answer. It's Jesus, like, it's Jesus. Who are you with? I'm with him. I'm with him. It's not that complicated. Right? And and I think some of us, if we're honest, we can we can begin to to struggle with truly just coming out and saying, My whole life is hidden in Christ. He's everything. Now I was saying earlier to the first service that my dad, Pastor Steve, something he used to say quite a bit is people would come to him and they're like, Jesus is just your crutch. He's like, oh no, 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 no. (sighs) No way is he my crutch. He's my whole life support system. He's my everything. He's the only way I can breathe and live and be satisfied. He's not, that's offensive. Jesus isn't just my crutch. He's everything. People look at our life like, what do you stand for? Who are you with? What do you mark? Jesus, he's my everything. Paul's like, I don't boast in my abilities. I don't boast. And because of that, my interest in this world has died and the world's interest has died to me. Paul's saying, I'm changed. Everything I do, I'm kind of boring to the world now and the world's boring to me. You know, A couple weeks ago, um, Riley and I had a group of young adults to our house, and uh, there's about 14 people over. Um, Riley and I are married, and in case you didn't know that, and and we had another married couple there, and then we had about 12 single people. Keep noting, single people, okay? So we had a group of about 12 single people over, having them over to play games, hang out. And, uh, so I t- and um, a mixed group, guys and girls, and so I actually, a few, about an hour before we were going to have them over, I was starting to not feel so good, and so I text a few of the girls, I'm like, hey, you're more than welcome to come over, I'm not feeling the best, so I probably won't really be hanging out, but if you still want to come over and play games, more power to you, and they're like, yeah, we'll still be there. And so they come over, we have like 12 people, you know, 14 people at our house playing games, and uh, Riley and I are supplying the coffee and the popcorn or and the food. And we realize in this moment, we're like, we're the old married couple. They have zero interest in us. We just provide the platform and opportunity for some good Christian mingling to happen. Like their interest was zero in us. Like their interest in Natalie Riley had died and their interest in like dear lord let this be more than a game night. Like let let speak you know to this servant to pursue my heart, you know? And we're like we all we are we're just like their interest in us was done. I think we need to get a little bit more like that. We get captured by the gospel and beauty of Jesus that the world is boring. We're like, hey, thanks for providing an opportunity for us to to just gaze upon the beauty of Jesus, to love the Lord and to be my interest in the world is gone. And my full affection and adoration is upon Jesus Christ. You guys are acting like you've never been single before. You remember that. You're like, thank you for that popcorn. You can leave now. (laughs) Are you guys with me? Paul goes on in verse 17. He says, from now on, don't let anyone trouble me with these things, for I bear on my body the scars that show I belong to Jesus. Paul showed us that we're called to be marked for Christ living, marked for Christ. Paul literally on his body bore scars and marks that he said, I fully identify with Christ. He was whipped, beaten, had stones thrown at him, was persecuted for his faith because he truly didn't just declare my boast and my 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 life is hidden in Christ and the cross. He truly lived for the cross of Jesus Christ and what it represented. He lived marked. Now, lest you fear that I'm asking you today, like every one of you, please go out, start a really uh, intense conversation and have someone throw a rock at you for the sake of the gospel. Yeah. Not necessarily saying that this morning. Some will have that happen potentially, but more than that, when people look at our life, do they see someone like Paul who they look and they say, you are marked As a follower of Jesus. You bear on your life the marks that you fully identify with Christ. You have been branded by Him. You see, when the world looks at our life, the gospel is not just something we talk about, but it should, as it says in in these verses, it transforms our life. It should the world should see a marking difference because of the cross of Jesus Christ. Because of what Jesus has done. It should change how our marriages look, it should change how we work in our workplaces it should change how we lead our businesses it should cause the world to look and see wow their kids are different than than the world's kids their lives are different and I think we have to ask ourselves when the world sees us do they see that we have been marked by Jesus do they see something different or would they look and say oh they're just another face in the crowd Paul, he says, listen, I, you can look at my life and literally I'm not just saying that my boast is in the cross. I bear on my body the marks of the cross. I think the world needs to see followers of Christ who they can see the marks of the cross. That we belong to Jesus. We love different. We serve different. We give different. We hope differently. We pour into our communities differently because we're so awesome, no, because of what Christ Jesus has done. Yeah, right? As a band comes out here this morning, um, how, how do we do this? How can we live a life of fully identifying with Christ and what he's done? How do we do that? You know how we do that? It's because of this beautiful reality is because Jesus identified and chose us first. Amen. (laughs) This is the beautiful reality of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It says in 1 John 4 that we love, not because we were so brilliant, not because we had anything in us that could save ourselves, says, we love because he first loved us. Because when we were unlovable and we were dead in our sin and we were lost and hopeless and helpless, in that place, Jesus said, I choose you. I want you. I'm going to come to the earth and I'm going to give my life as a ransom for many. I'm gonna give my life so that this world who has been an enemy of God, who has been dead in their sin, God came and said, I choose you. That's the beauty of the gospel. It's that when we could not choose ourselves, when we could not not reach out to Christ, when we could not clean ourselves up, when we could not pull ourselves out of the miry clay, God says, I'm going to pull you out, not because of what you can do for me, but because of who I am, because of my extravagant love. That is the beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to identify with that love. I want to live a life following the example of the love of Jesus Christ. You guys are not amening as loud as the gospel deserves. Are you guys with me? Says in Romans 3.22, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. I don't, doesn't matter what your family you came from. Doesn't matter your age, your gender. Say, it's, it's putting our faith in Jesus Christ. It says for everyone has sinned, and we all fall short of the glorious, of God's glorious standard. Yet God, with undeserved kindness, declares that we are righteous, that we are made right with God. And he did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. Thank you, Jesus. He chose us first, he, he made a way, he picked us. Come on, he picked us on the team when we knew we are not that good, God. We're, we're not gonna help the team. He said, I want you on my team. I want you as my son and daughter. I pick you, I want you in my family. Come on, he made a way for you and I to have relationship and that should motivate us. Come on, that is the picture Paul's saying. Listen, this is the gospel. It's not what you can do for God, but it's living out of what he has done for you. Come on, it's living out of this reality that he already paid the price. He already set you free. He already broke your chains. You just gotta receive it you got to live out of that. That should mark our life. It should mark every single day that we live out of this place as chosen sons and daughters. There should be a swag in our step that we walk and say, I'm a son. I'm a daughter of the King. He picked me for His team. He called me out of darkness, brought me into light. He raised me from the death and brought me into His family. Come on, it should change the way we live, the way we raise our kids, the way we walk in our marriages, the way we lead our businesses. He chose us. He marked us. He identified us and said, you're on my team. And our response is to say, yes, God, I identify completely with you. I'm not going to fall into the snare of trying to please the crowds or social hypocrisy, but I'm going to embrace you because you've embraced me and receive that grace. And that grace was not just to redeem us, but it's the same grace that's gonna help enable us to live a life worthy of what Christ paid for. Church, would you stand to your feet? You know, some of you came to this place and perhaps this is the first time you've heard of this extravagant love of God. This love that when we could do nothing and when we were dead in our sins, this love of God that said, no, I'm gonna make a way. I'm gonna pay the price. I'm gonna pay the penalty that we could never pay. Not only did God pay for our freedom, the Bible says that Jesus he died on the cross, but that three days later, he rose again. And not only have we, has our sin been paid for, but we get to live with Christ in this resurrected power. Come on, that he resurrected. If you came to this place and you say, I need Jesus. I can't save myself. I can't clean myself up. I can't make myself alive. I fully identify. I put my trust in Jesus. I receive his grace, his free gift of life. And this morning you're here and you say, I need to place my trust in Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. If that's you this morning, I'm gonna ask you right now, wherever you are, just to lift your hand. Every person in this place, you say, Jesus I need you to save me. Would you just lift? Awesome. to see that hand. Let's see that hand. Awesome. Call this morning. You're saying, Jesus, I need you. Save me. I can't save myself. I put my full trust in you. I'm going to ask you if you'd be so bold, every one of you, that that raised your hand this morning. I would love to invite you to just come down and pray with our prayer team right now. We want to pray with you this morning. Every person this morning that's saying, Jesus, I give you my life. Just come right now from the back to the front. Maybe you have a friend with you. Uh, Just ask him to come with you. Come on, but we, this morning, we want to pray with every single one of you. There was hands all over this room that said, I'm giving my life to Jesus. Just want to invite you right now. Come down here. We'd love to pray with you this morning for the rest of us church can we all pray together we're gonna just pray as a church inviting god into our life amen pray with me dear jesus i give you my life i put my full trust in you jesus that you alone can save me i thank you for your free gift of life that you purchased on the cross and I believe you rose again on the third day. That through you I have life. Help me to follow you all the days of my life. I fully identify with you. I put my trust in you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we celebrate the different people across the auditorium that gave their life to Jesus? Of us, church, I believe our response is to acknowledge the extravagant love of Jesus that we love because He first loved us. And if you're here this morning and you say, "You know what? I I want I want to fully identify with Christ. I, I want to live a life." responding to the gospel, not trying to please the world around me, but living fully trusting and boasting in what Jesus did that made a way for us to have life and relationship. Come on, if that's you this morning, you're saying, I identify with Christ. Would you lift your hands? And we're just going to pray this morning and thank the Lord for what he's done to help us to live that out, that reality of the beautiful gospel of Jesus. God, I thank you for every person here. God, we come this morning and we identify with what you did, Jesus, on the cross. We thank you that we can respond to your extravagant grace because you loved us first. That you made a way when we were dead in our trespasses. Lord, this morning we come and we declare like the Apostle Paul that we boast in you alone. you We are with you, God. You are the one we live for. We thank you for the cross. May we never go back and try to depend on our own abilities and our own works, but Lord, may we fully throw ourselves into your extravagant grace, into the beautiful gospel of Jesus Christ, that we have been saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. We say thank you, Jesus.